So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. This is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening. And I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. I'm Tiffany Harris. I live in Washington, D.C. I work in the tech sector, but I'm also a social justice activist and community builder. And you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. Awesome. So um, I follow you on Instagram because your content's really awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and so you seem to really be in, um, into physical fitness and wellness. And a topic that we cover a lot for the podcast is well-being and self-care because it's something that's important for everyone. And um, we feel that so often self-care is like commercialized and mm -hmm. is made to be glamorous. But sometimes self-care is laying in bed until noon Absolutely. with your teeth unbrushed <laughs> and Absolutely. your bond on your head and just not looking so glamorous. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but physical fitness definitely does tie into self-care and I'm someone who I'm, I've always, um, I've always desired to be physically fit, but I've also, I've, I've always battled with laziness. So, um, like for physical fitness for you, were you always fit or was it like a journey you had to take to get to that place? Because you seem to like really be killing it. You just, you just. Came Thank back you. And I just saw something on Instagram. You um just ran did a race. Yeah, I do yeah. a lot of stuff like that now. I am dating someone. My partner he owns a few gyms here in the city, and so it's been very easy for me because I also have the battle between. But like, if he's going in the morning, he's like driving, and literally all I have to do is show up and like drink a cup of coffee to like get myself awake. Mm -hmm. So um my approach is to just like build it in your life and make it as easy as possible because I have aspirations about wanting to, you know, keep my routine, but then do yoga X amount of times a week, meditate, get my cardio, get my running. And it's really like, I'm going to do like what works for me, what works for my schedule. And that's the approach I would take. Don't try to like force, you know, there is like a degree of like putting yourself in like an uncomfortable situation and pushing your body to some type of limit. But like, make it work for you, make it work for your needs. And everyone's approach is different. That's mm -hmm. like, yeah, what I take. And I think I totally agree with what you were saying that it's very commercialized and very transactional. And I think what we see represented is that there's one type of way to be fit and to be healthy. And um, that's just not the reality. Everyone is so incredibly different. What your body needs is different. The amount of sleep, the amount of cardio versus meditation. So you know, I always tell people, don't be hard on yourself. Like this works for me right now at this point in time, but it might not later. <laughs> right. And something else I've recently gotten into that I found has been like very grounding and healthy. And I never looked at this as like an aspect of health and fitness before, but I've been doing a lot of gardening and nice. I, I keep joking that I'm like, man, when I like quit my job, uh, one day I'm going to be like a houseplant gardener, like full time. Because <laughs> nice, nice. I just have been loving, like getting my hands in the soil and just like, working with plants and working with like the landscape and getting dirty in that way. And I found that it's like very therapeutic for me right now and giving me like such a great sense of joy that I had never had before. Really? So yeah, well, I would nice. test it out. Not everybody it. likes it, but like I, I'm very into it right now. I'm growing a watermelon that is like super really? excited about. Yeah, I'm on watermelon watch. It's like doubling in size oh, every day. How awesome. It's really cute. But I wasn't always um physically fit. I think when I was a kid 
I I was like my mom jokes that I was born I was like almost 10 pounds and she said I was like born with biceps so I was like always had like a body that leaned toward like either being overweight or being kind of buff Mm -hmm. and I didn't work out a lot like when I was in like middle school and high school I did like cheerleading and dance and stuff but it wasn't like I'm a little too tall for a gymnast I am like don't have like the ballerina body type it was like always trying to fit myself in that mold so I had like a very low self-confidence about my body it wasn't the right sport for me and Mm -hmm. it actually like it sounds so lame talking about it now I'm kind of embarrassed but like when I got into CrossFit was when I was like I never touched weights or barbells before and it was very intimidating and I thought it was like very masculine then I was like oh man these big thighs are like good for something it's like moving weight around like I finally felt like I had found the sport or like the routine that was good for me. And um, yeah, and it's just a shame that it's like such a uh, bro-y culture. (laughs) But because I loved it, I started doing it a lot more. And then I watched my body like totally transform. So it's like, yeah, it's just about finding what's right for you. I tried for years to make myself a runner. I tried to be anorexic. It didn't work for me (laughs) either because, again, I do not have the motivation (laughs) as much as I need. Like, I tried all these different things. It's like, we cut calories and we run, we do this, that. Got to find what's right for your body. And then I think your body thrives. Like that, that, that speaks volumes. And I'm glad that that really helps me personally. And I'm sure it's going to help a lot of other people because from like the age of as young as we can remember, it's like as a young woman, you feel like you're supposed to look this way and look that way and when you don't fit into like me I've, al- I've always I've always been tall I've always been t- I think I've been yeah. this high since I was like 15 but I've always been like the tallest kid and I've always um been kind of probably on the more chubbier side and then because I'm tall everyone's like well, you should play basketball you should play basketball so I tried out for basketball yeah, I like basketball <laughs> exactly yeah. and I tried out and it was an epic fail so but but over the years i've learned because like you i try i tried everything i tried the running and i've i've come to the place where i realize i am not i'm not a runner yeah i I mean i still yeah i i can force it but like you said when you find that thing that really that that fits you and that you fit into then that's how that's how you thrive and you you see yourself transition so that's where i'm at right now but um i think the other thing is too is like being tall has all kinds of benefits, but your body has to work so much harder than like if it's closer to the ground. So like (laughs) lifting weight, like moving all the stuff around, like your, you know, heart is like the same size as everyone else's, but you're pumping a lot more blood. So also keep that in mind. If people try to be like, oh, you should like run more and be like, listen. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I've tried. Um, One thing I do like is high intensity interval training Yeah, because it kills, but it really like, it gets your endurance up like that. It's effective. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in this city, people are like, what is the most efficient way to get from point A to point B? And what, I mean, they say, and I, my body, I like don't do CrossFit anymore. I do high intensity interval training with my partner at his studio. And that has worked really well for me. And it sneaks in enough cardio and running, which I really dislike, but it's not so much that I, my body's like rebelling against it or that I notice it so much. So mm-hmm. we'll go together sometime. Come with me. We'll have fun. Maybe you'll hate it. You don't have to come back. Again, I probably but would like it. it. And something that I learned is, um, cause I've, I've, um, I've listened to other people, like a lot of people who are really into, um, fitness and stuff. And a lot of people say yeah. that, um, like they won't run, but it's like, if you, I think it's called circuit training. Like if you lift weights and then you run and do something else and you just keep moving. So your heart yeah. rate keep, keeps up. That's the, the idea of like the intervals. So it's like your heart rate going up, coming down, going up, coming down. And with lifting weights, like you can get your heart rate up really high also. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing with 
any kind of physical fitness routine. And this is why I like going to classes versus working out by myself. It's like having a community and a sense of accountability. It's like if I didn't come for a while, like someone's going to notice and they're going to say something. And that makes me, you know, you feel like you're responsible to the community. It's a community of reciprocity. You give and you take. And so that I think is helpful. Awesome. So the approach you've taken, is it's got nothing. Like when you really, when you put your heart to it, it's not really about looking a certain way, but it's like, this is just my lifestyle. This is what I do. And this is what just helps me to drive like in every area of your life. Yeah. I think it gives me like a lot of mental clarity. It's a great, I have a job right now where it's like, I go to the office and I have to be like locked in. And so to have that just movement using, connecting your mind to your body in a different way before is so, yeah, like I do it for all of those reasons, but I also, I feel that like, I get asked this question a lot about how I find the balance. I was talking to a group of high schoolers the other day, like young women in tech, and they were like, you do all this stuff. How do you find the balance? And I was like, I don't, but don't like <laughs> try to do everything because I don't have a ton of balance right now. And I, I'm looking for that. I am the, you know, go to bed at 11, like work every minute of the day and then um, try to, yeah, just squeeze in as much as possible and then get up early and work out, um, which I don't think is like the best approach right now. It's not totally sustainable, but I'm like, I've been going at it for a few years. So we're seeing how how long I can do that. But no, I, I think finding balance is really key. And I'm, I'm searching for that right now. I think you move to the city, coming back to the States, I feel like we have a totally different relationship with time and with money than like some other parts of the world where I was living. And I've, I've just, I've, it's been challenging to adjust to that. I need to sleep more. I need to do all of those things, but you do feel that pressure of like, man, I've got like X amount of hours in the day and like, how much can I get done in this like short amount of time that we have on this earth and you mm-hmm. know, each day yeah. counts. So, you know, lots of coffee, not a ton of sleep, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm being productive, right. but I'm looking for balance. It's a long way of saying I don't have it. We always have this conversation. It's like everyone gives the same answer. So like, well, there really is no balance <laughs> because I mean, yeah, it's so true. And it's another thing I think is women that it's like, I find so many different ways of being hard on myself, whether it's like looks body, like output at work. And then it's like, I'm being hard on myself because I'm like, I need to find more balance. Like, and just kind of stressing myself out with like how I have a lack of balance. And this, I'm like, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to beat myself up over that. Right. And yeah. Certain things, you know, for me working out, it's productive and it's, it is what it is, but that's also kind of like a meditative experience for me where I do get to kind of unplug and it helps me mm-hmm. find that balance and get good. a little closer to it. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. It, it is a struggle. Um, I don't know if you, if you have this issue too, but for some reason, um, I feel guilty when I, when I'm chilling out or like if mm-hmm. I'm, if I work and then go home and watch the movie, I feel guilty because I feel like I should be using this time to do something more productive. And it's like, well, you don't have to work 24 seven, but I feel guilty for some reason. Yeah. I take time to just chill out and that's something I'm really trying to that's get good. over. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't feel guilty when you chill out. Don't yeah. feel guilty when you're watching TV. You're just sitting in your room, like staring at the ceiling. If you're doing that, like, do yeah. not feel guilty. You <laughs> yeah. need that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's yeah. It's just laying in the room and just staring at walls. It's Absolutely. Just, just decompressing is definitely what you have to do. Yeah, we have a very go go go. I think culture, especially in this city. I can't speak for other you mm-hmm. know parts of the world I haven't lived in, but I have noticed that when I came back here, and it is not. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> 
and we're getting stuff done, but like, you know, look back at the end of the day and it's like, you don't remember anything. <laughs> you keep going so fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It yeah. is a total blur. So yeah. no, don't feel, don't feel guilty. Yeah. I'm like pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> right. Yeah, it's hard, but yeah. Like you said, it's just inching your way closer to finding that balance. Yeah. And um, so what other countries have you lived in? I lived in Morocco, in France, wow. in Switzerland, in um, Jordan, in Israel. Um, gosh, I'm probably missing. And then here. That's amazing. I may be missing one, but I'll. That's nice. Yeah, um, nice. It's a nice spread. And did you grow sunny up? Sunny countries. Mm-hmm. No, so I was born in Boise, Idaho, which is like not Switzerland. <laughs> it is not the exotic metropolis of the Middle East and North Africa. Right, right. I was born in Boise, Idaho. We moved to Seattle when I was uh, about four years old, around three or four years old, and grew up in the Pacific Northwest, which I loved, but um, always felt like very far away from everything and like isolated in some senses. It's a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. It does not get a lot of sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just couldn't wait to get to a part of the world that had sun and as soon as I finished college I made like every moment of my life to just like make enough money to be able to travel and live in different places and so coming here to this city is like the longest I've lived you know since since I was yeah like a lot younger so it's I'm kind of feeling the itch a little bit but mm-hmm. I have a partner now who um has uh, business here so it makes it hard for us to leave but I am mm-hmm. always just looking at other jobs oh, just yeah, like, just yeah keep looking at yeah, one tennis shoe on <laughs> yeah. no and I I think that he's um he knows he knew what he was getting into and so like he's you know thinking this isn't uh the, the business or this city isn't a forever thing mm-hmm. either right yeah. yeah so we'll see what what country comes next but this is an amazing dynamic city where I think everyone is pretty transient so that keeps things really fresh yeah but um yeah we'll see where it ends up next i really i love the beach i love the woods and the mountains and we don't have just a ton of that here i mean we have all of those things but um you know i won't be in either a thick forest or like a caribbean beach or something right yeah yeah that's that's pretty cool how about you? Um, I was born in Baltimore, but I grew up in Columbia. Okay. But I've um I've traveled mm. a little bit, but I've never Columbia, South America? Oh no, Columbia, Maryland. Oh okay. I wish I could uh, <laughs> that's a place I would like to visit Columbia, yes, South America. Yes. The Bogota. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But um I was pretty much raised in the DMP area and I've traveled a little bit. I wonder I really want to travel more. I'm going to London at the end of this nice. month. So that'd be my first trip and I'm very excited my first trip to the UK. Nice. And I'm super excited. But um, I I feel you like I definitely want to travel because right now I don't have any kids I don't have yeah, a partner the time to do time it to just get out there and just explore the world yeah carefree so I I'm found there you. are so many cheap ways it's like once you kind of get the bug it's like there are just so many cheap ways to continue getting overseas and so many jobs are remote these days or it's like you can make a component of it remote and so that adds the flexibility to be able to travel and. Yeah. So, like, most of the world is not most of the world. A large part of the world is connected to the internet now. Right. So right. That gives you that flexibility. Yes. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Oh my god, do it! If you ever need tips, yes, how to do it cheaply, where to go, yeah, not to go. There. <laughs> right. Yeah. Indeed. Well, um, I noticed something on your Instagram that I thought was very interesting. I'm not sure if it's a book, but it's called um, "You Don't I Don't Look Jewish." Oh yeah, you don't look Jewish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That is my, 
when I talk about like social activism and justice and and that piece of my work, that is a component of it. Um, you don't live Jewish.com mm-hmm. uh, is a website which I actually just closed down this year. Okay. Um, for all the right reasons, I feel like, but um uh just promoting uh, diversity and inclusion in the Jewish community. I think in this country, especially like people both in and outside the Jewish community have perception that like Jews are white, that they look like Seinfeld or like all of the like <laughs> yeah. really that's like typical, yeah. Exactly. And that is the a phrase I've heard so much in my life, like you don't look Jewish. Mm, and it's Jewish. like, well, there is no like Jewish look. Like there's a thriving <laughs> Jewish community in Uganda. I know a lot of Jewish people whose first language is Spanish, Ladino, Arabic. Um, and I think it's like so many other fields where you don't see diverse stories, diverse faces like representative and are represented in um the mainstream portrayal of our community. So I was like, this is something I want to take on. So um built the website and I just when it first started, I just wanted pictures of Jews of color uh, nice. doing Jewish things so that people could go there and they could start to like just have an image in their mind of like, you know, a little brown boy lighting Hanukkah candles or lighting Shabbat candles or something like that. And then I started interviewing people and then people started asking for more. And I was like, well, this is a space that really does need to be built out. So we had, uh, resources for people who were converting, resources for people who were adopting children. Um, I was doing um, training with like people who were interested in incorporating some kind of like DNI mindset in uh, synagogues and like other communal spaces. And so it was really awesome. But over the years, I started seeing more and more of that change that I wanted to see in the community and more mm-hmm. and more um, JOCs, as we sometimes call ourselves, Jew of color, like <laughs> JOC, POC. Um, I started seeing more and more um, like JOCs represented and in leadership positions and speaking publicly and getting grant money to do work. I was like, this is awesome. And um, I felt like I didn't have as much of a need for the website anymore. And I think one of the things I learned through social activism and just meeting some incredible women throughout my life is this like concept of like pass the mic, you know, like when it's time, like bring other women and other people along with you, like give them a spot, like give them a platform and pass the mic when it's appropriate. And I felt like it was like such a great time to just say like, there are awesome people doing that work in the community and like, I want them to shine. That's awesome. So it saves yeah. me like $50 a month. But no, it's really, it's, uh, I, there are just some amazing, amazing things happening. And, and even this year I was asked to join a board of directors for like the, like one of the largest Jewish family foundations in the world. So it's like, you have like a young Jew of color now stewarding like a vast amount of resources in the community or like having a voice and a seat at the table, um, as to where these like resources go and how they're allocated in our community. It feels like such an incredible, um, blessing. And, you know, there are lots of stories out there like that right now. So it's great. That's amazing. And I would love to see more of that, um, like, you know, more representation of, you know, uh, people of color who are of the Jewish faith. Cause like you said, the perception that most people have as a guy who looks like Seinfeld. And, exactly. You know, and like people always, you know, well, you don't look Jewish. And the question is, well, what do you think Jew- what do Jewish people look like? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one look like, like oh, white. <laughs> right. But it's that way about so many stories, like religious, like ethno-religious groups, mm-hmm. gender identities. You don't look like X. And it's you really just like, like, there is no standard. Bi- it just like, I think, it's something we're kind of battling against that like our brain wants to 
or society, I don't know exactly where it comes from, but to put people in this really <laughs> defined box, box and allow that to like characterize the interactions we have. And it just isn't useful anymore. It doesn't make sense. So yeah, like, it let's doesn't stop. make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That just makes, that takes me back to a moment I had, I think I was in 10th or 11th grade and um, I went to high school in Columbia and it was pretty diverse. But um, we had this one guy, his name was Luis, and he um, he was a transfer from a different country. And um, he, he spoke Spanish. He couldn't speak English that well. So um, we were all curious where he was from. And he, he was Puerto Rican. But everyone, oh, because he, he looked like me. But he yeah. was Puerto Rican. So everyone, well, you don't look Puerto Rican. And that's just kind of just, that really kind of drives people up the wall. Because it's like, there is no one. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it, and I don't know, like, if this, where exactly this comes from. I think we're, like, thinking about it a lot more with, like, conversations that are happening there things that we're hearing and seeing uh publicly represented but it always like the mind goes to like a, re- a representation that's like lighter skin or something yeah you right, know? And it's right, like, right yeah it, it makes me really sad and I, I think too like with the conversation about Luis and um mm-hmm. people from Central and South America who are of lighter skin tone that it's like well, let's talk about like why, like where the differences come from. It's like, there's this long and sad history of slavery, like throughout the Americas, throughout the world, really. But mm-hmm. like, this is why it's like that. And it's like, those stories need to be brought to the forefront as well. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Oh, Luis. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Every, they gave him such a hard way to go in high school because they just weren't used to seeing a Puerto Rican who looked like him. Oh my gosh. Like, well, they don't look just one way. They look like, they, I've seen, um, I, I know Mexicans who have blue eyes. Yeah. So if there is no one way that a specific group is going to look, it's, you know, the whole world's diverse. It was interesting because when, when I lived in Switzerland, I was working as a hip hop dance teacher at a boarding school. Nice. <laughs> it was like very That's weird jobs throughout my life. <laughs> like, yeah. nice. um, but I, I'm not even like a great dancer, but it's like in Switzerland, people were like, this black girl is like going <laughs> to teach go. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. it's like the bar is a little different than it would be <laughs> right. in the States. So I was, you know, hip hop mogul there right nice. but like the school it was an international boarding school and there were students from all over the world we had students from puerto rico from the dr all the way like to the gulf and like parts of asia and russia and it was just it was so interesting because everyone who was from like central and south america they were like blonde hair blue eyed and it just like made me realize that it was like this history of colonization and access and power and wealth it's still like very concentrated at least from what i saw there like on racial lines and it was very sad yeah <laughs> you know you could have all these people from all over the world all these different countries and languages come together and they really did look exactly the same right, right. <laughs> probably right. from you know yeah so yeah it was, it was interesting many many things that someone asked me the other day they were like so what like are the issues you're kind of focusing on now in your work and I was like we're so busy like there's just a lot to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to break down and rebuild and reassemble right now but, is there is there one is there one issue that's just really kind of getting to you like right now like just that one thing that like sticks out <clears throat> oh it's hard to pinpoint like the one thing that sticks out right now I think the thing that is uh keeping me up at night currently and I don't know like how uh you know, Frank or political, we want to get on this. Oh yeah, but it's Frank. The, as you can. Okay, <laughs> it's the um, it's the center back. Um, I I watched like that rally in North Carolina, and I just found it so chilling and so disturbing. Um, yeah, and I and then the the other piece of it, it, it's just kind of like the the 
unraveling of like norms and systems that we thought were in place and that were protecting our democracy. And um, another piece that I find very disturbing, especially as it relates to Ilhan Omar is, um, as a Jew, that the people who were chanting, send her back and, you know, saying they're not citizens, they should go back to where they came from. Classic racist trope, which we know. Yeah. <laughs> they continually invoke Israel, that like they hate Israel and they hate, it's like, leave us the F out of this because like that was the same thing that my grandparents heard before they were like kicked out of Hungary, you know, mm-hmm. wow. during world war two. And, um, I just, yeah, I find it all very disturbing. And then like, there's a, probably a small number, but still a number of, um, people in the Jewish community who, uh, support that kind of rhetoric and language and feel that it's good for Israel. And, um, I find that very chilling and disturbing as well. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? What's what's keeping you up at night? Which course of issues? <laughs> Honestly, issues. Um, well, the main thing that's been this is so self centered, but the main thing that's been in my mind is finishing my thesis because I'm, I'm. That's I'm not self centered at all. Yeah, that's, that's the main thing. I believe that was all in my head when I was trying to sleep. Have you ever tried to sleep but your mind won't turn off? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, my mind wakes up before my body does. Like, yeah, it's like, girl, get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, but um. Yeah, that's that's been the main thing that I've been trying. That's exciting. To yeah, What's it is. Your, um, what are you writing about? Well, in short, I'm following a pastor in Baltimore, and um, I'm following her because I feel like um, people who serve in ministry, they they know church very well. They can do church, but the reality is, if you want to be effective, you have to get out of church and work in the community. And that's what she does. She's very cool. she's in the streets. She loves everybody. So that's why I just want to tell her short story and give people a different perspective of that's the past so cool. or the history. So that's what, yeah. What kind of work is she doing? Um, she does a lot of outreach work, like feeding the homeless and finding housing for people. She's a director of housing at a, um, a nonprofit in Baltimore City. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So that's, that's, I also have a heart for outreach and, and helping people who are less fortunate, that's especially awesome. in the, um, in the inner cities. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool work. I think like when we talk about health and fitness and all of those different things, I, I, I do think that there's absolutely a component of like spiritual health in there as well. Like oh, whatever yeah. that looks like for any person, whether yeah. that's like being a part of a ministry, meditating, like anything like that. But I think that's a piece that's often overlooked in like wow. mental and physical health. So it, yeah, it's needed because it's um like you said, it was, we live in such a fast paced culture and anxiety is real mm-hmm. and it's, it's so um it's everywhere. And like you mentioned, finding time to meditate, you know, building space at your job, just meditate. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all for it. Cause I'm like, just bringing your mind in and just calming down and just focus, just relaxing. It's, yeah. it's just, it makes, it, it's definitely needed. So I'm all for meditation and just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not building my meditation space at work. They can't have my crystals. Oh, I'm sorry. It's going to be in my home know. office. Yeah. Oh, wait, the part, I was going to worry about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm an editor, like, so. get any of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, that space is definitely needed just to meditate and um, just, it, it helps with anxiety levels. Oh my gosh, Yeah. yeah. I try to do what I can to be like not taking like pills of any I mean I'm not like the of the anti-vaxxer variety but if same, I can same. like cure something or make myself feel better like I'll, I'll use that as a last resort because I think the mind is just so powerful isn't it um, yeah it's yeah. amazing and, and then like you mentioned earlier the mind and body connection is really amazing yeah so I can't say that I've harnessed that power but I'm working on I'm it. trying it's a process it's a process it's a process yeah I might not finish the process <laughs> right but I'm right we're making we're trying trying exactly. that's what matters so yeah 
Well, I'm gonna ask you a question that's totally um, unrelated to all the topics we discussed. Totally. And it's, I've been asking everyone this. So I'm a person who loves to laugh because I believe that laughter is medicine. Absolutely. So can you recall a moment in your life where you laughed the absolute hardest? I mean, like you're in pain, your stomach hurts, like tears rolling down your face. Ooh, when did I laugh <laughs> the absolute hardest? Um, it's really, so if I laugh really hard, um, I snort. So I, I snort and also I pee. So <laughs> it really, wow. I want to be super careful. Yeah, literally golden if I'm not hydrated. Um, I have to be careful about not laughing too hard in public places because it starts with the snore and then I completely lose control. And I, when I was younger, it's gotten a little bit better, but like I would laugh and I was like, oh my God, like just pee everywhere. Like, cause I just can't help it. So, um, yeah, I should be able to recall those moments because they should also be particularly traumatic for me if it happened in a public space. Yeah. I, I laugh all the time. I love, like, so DC has a really awesome comedy scene. I heard. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So I go to a lot of comedy shows. I was lucky enough to live for a few years. I lived in this, uh, I was part of an organization called Moisha House for a few years. And mm-hmm. my roommate, when I lived in a Moisha House, uh, his name is Benji Himmelfarb. He's a hilarious comedian. And so he would invite his friends over all the time. We would have comedy shows at the house. I would go to his shows. So I got to laugh a lot in DC. I like really silly uh, Strangers with Candy is my favorite show, which I think probably no one who's listening has seen because it was like so obscure. Oh, no, really? Like really silly off color humor. Um, yeah, I'd love to laugh, but I try to go to like a comedy show at least a few times a month. That's because good. I just, yeah, I love to laugh. And I think there is um, not just like laughing, like in the health that I, you experience on your own with that, but laughing in a room full of people is also just, I, I feel very connected in that way. And when they're laughing at the same jokes, you're like, oh, you get that too. Or like, yeah. you feel the same way. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that component. DC comedy scene. Yeah. I heard, I've heard um, that there's a lot of comedy here in DC. Um, yeah, there is. We have like some great venues and the other beautiful thing about like DC comedy and a lot of DC art is that it's free. There are all these open mic nights, um, really, really talented comedians. And every once in a while too, you'll get like a big name comedian just pop by and you're like, I did not pay anything for this show. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, so I definitely for anyone (laughs) as a part of like health routine, like laugh, go see comedy. But I don't know, like Mm -hmm. the greatest time I laughed, I can't really remember. Mm -hmm. I laughed my ass off the other night. I went to, I went to a comedy show and like, it was just, it was like, it's the historical, it's perfect because it's for like nerds who love comedy. It was the historical roast. So they're like hardcore roasting all these historical figures, but like bringing in like, you know, the different dates and writings and books and historical context. So it's like, I'm so into this, but it's also nice. funny. Nice. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. That's good. I, I laugh. Um, I don't know. I'm silly. So I just laugh at everything sometimes. Especially when it gets That's late. good. Yeah. When it's late, that I, I really. Get silly. Get silly. Yeah. Everything. So yeah. Yeah. I try to like another. I feel guilty sometimes about. I really like off-color humor. Like mm-hmm. I love stuff that would never be socially acceptable in public mm-hmm. or in the workplace. That's the stuff that really gets me going, and mm-hmm. I feel guilty about that because I'm like, man, if anyone ever found my phone and like, the memes were sending back and forth, like I my Aww. life is over. That's all good. Memes. A good meme though. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh, 
Yeah, those memes can be really, yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. They're in there, like, a few, you can find different people on Instagram um, who just, like, hitting it every single day. Like, nice. Oh, sorry, I know this is a super long-winded answer, but I found something the other day that was just, like, been giving me so much joy. And it's, like, you know, asthma where, like, people are whispering. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Am I saying it right? Yeah. ASMR, yeah. ASMR. So, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, ASMR, it's like okay. people who like whispering in certain sounds. So this genius man, woman, I don't know who created it. It's like a whole Instagram feed of viral reality TV moments voiced over in ASMR. So like, I, I'm trying to think of, it's like the catch me outside girl is there and she's like, catch me. And like, oh. there's another one from a show called Bad Girls Club where there was like a fight and people were pots and pans. Yeah. And so it's all in a whisper, but instead of the sound of the pots and pans being thrown, it's like a little ding, ding, ding. Because ASMR serious? is also just like light clicking sounds. And so, oh, it's I'm gonna so have good. to look because I know Bad Girl. I think I used to watch that. Um, this, bad girl. Did it come out like years ago? Yes. Like, everything yeah. is like, from, it's like Flavor of Love. Oh clips, my like, gosh. That would have oh, me on the floor. Those shows are already funny so as it is. Good. Wow. There was another like from Trading Spouses, mm-hmm. like redone all in ASMR. I'm, I'll, I'll send you the link. Shout yeah. out to whoever made this feed I because check it is out. hilarious. So oh my Flavor of Love. I used that show. That show would have me laughing like nonstop. Oh yeah. So you have the epic moment. Slap it, bitch. <laughs> In a whisper? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That was um <laughs> New York and pumpkin. Yes. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah, I can New imagine that thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 I used to we that was we were all um like freshman, sophomore year in college. We it was used to early. Go to like lounge and just watch it together. Yeah, it was yeah. like I used to have so much more time for trash TV. Right. Where did that time go? Exactly. <laughs> or where's the trash TV? I don't know what went first. Shout out to New York, friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 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 I don't know if the TV's gone at the time, but Yeah. That was maybe also something I feel guilty about. And maybe I wouldn't go out and like DC service and be like, y'all like flavor of love. But like, <laughs> I do. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? It was hilarious. It was kind of funny. It was hilarious. Yeah. So. <laughs> was there any questions you'd like to ask me or anything you'd like to know or... So tell me more about your thesis. Like, is this, uh, is it like a multimedia component? Is it a report about this woman? And yes. how did you find her? So it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually a, a, a move of faith for me because I'm actually in the fiction program at the, the AU MFA in film and electronic okay. media program. And I took the fiction track because my heart is really into writing fiction. But I really wanted to... Um, to do a documentary on her. And I have really a really good advisor who's a documentarian. So I've known her, I met her when, I, um, geez, in like 2009, because we used to go to the same church way back. Cool. But um, she eventually branched off um, and opened her own church and I went, you know, elsewhere. But we still stayed in contact because we're very, she's like an awesome. I mean, we're really close. Yeah. So um, I was like, hey, I would love to do my thesis about your work in the city, your outreach work and ministry. And she was like, yeah. So I was like, yeah. So cool. Yeah. So how much time do you spend like just shadowing and filming? Um, I spent, um, I started January the 18th. I've shot sporadically here and there, but the finished product's only going to be between about probably, it's 18 minutes now, but I'm going to probably cut it down to 15 minutes because they want it to be on the shorter side. Okay. So I can just think, say, get in and get out, just get to the point and tell the strong story you can and, and get out. Yeah. Yeah. Where will 
we be able to find that when it's finished. I'd love no. to see it. I will, well, I will definitely keep you posted. I'm gonna, what I would like to do is have rent out a theater somewhere in Baltimore and have like an official premiere and um, have a premiere and discussion because I love discussions. Yeah. So um, I'll definitely keep you posted, but Please I want to have it at a theater yeah. in, in Baltimore. There's some really cool stuff happening in Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I there's some amazing activists up there and like some really cool art and mm-hmm. cool work that's being done, so. I'm glad to hear you say it like, because most people, when I say Baltimore, are like, oh my gosh, like, is that, it's not safe. And I'm like, well, some areas aren't safe, like anywhere, but yeah. it's the whole city itself. Like, also, we'll find, don't come. <laughs> yeah. Like, more of every other awesome thing for me. Yeah. I'm going up there to meet uh she's like the baltimore director of care which is like a muslim advocacy group she's like this badass oh, woman nice. from pakistan but yes. she's like yeah we're gonna go to this afghan restaurant and i was like hell yeah we have like one afghan restaurant in dc and their food is delicious so yeah. is um, that is that um is that a place around here the afghan restaurant yeah. mama aisha wait which one are you talking about lapis is also lapis oh yeah. okay we probably have more than one i'm just not okay but yeah it's, but i only um, know one Okay. Yeah, it's like we've got a million pupusa places we need to just... <laughs> Pupusas are great, though, too. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. So Baltimore, good city. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was it. I'm really excited to see your documentary. Thank you. I appreciate that. I will yeah. definitely keep you posted. And I'll keep checking out your... Because I'm telling... Like, your, your post, like, it's... Um, your, your, um, your arms are ripped, and it's just, like, motivation. Like, yeah, I can't... Oh, I'm thank you. I try to, like... Weightlifting. Make them look as much like Michelle Obama's arms as yes. possible. But it is... She is like, I mean, the queen, obviously. Yeah, mine's so. like my arms are like currently sore because I kind of went hard in the gym the other day doing the um the the, the dumbbells and the, this whole thing right here had it's just yeah, oh, kind of sore yes. doing that. Yes, <laughs> so. that's really good for like you know fighting the bingo arms, which I get you know mm-hmm. very easily. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do those a lot. That's yeah. a good move. Yeah, yeah. My um my I I don't know if I'll be able to reach this because I'll probably have to either come down a lot of my weight or get real strong. But I would love to be able to do at least like five chin ups or at least one like that's like my goal it is 100 percent possible mm-hmm. and everybody thinks strengthen your arms first you really want to strengthen your lats which is like your back muscles here really? so there's a there are a lot of mm-hmm. machines at the gym that can help you do that but also if you see at your gym there are like rubber bands mm-hmm. um, those long bands start thick just get thinner and thinner and do like sets of 10 with the band and like every month i would say you'll like drop the band and then eventually you'll be able to do it just totally possible you that can do it interesting so yeah focus on the back muscle. i never thought about that yeah yeah That's, that makes okay it's like i mean i don't know maybe for dudes it's different because they have arm muscles and stuff but women we have like back muscles and leg muscles and like you can engage those for pull-ups you'd be surprised but nice. i'm gonna follow your pull-up journey thank you, you got it and i'll start posting i'm gonna start posting about um just physical fitness stuff because yeah. that that like when i see other people like your stuff that really inspires me so I'm oh like, good yeah. thank you yeah thank you i always want to like you know sometimes you have these like proud moments but you want it be like I, I don't know. I'm like, I never want to be like too thirst trappy in my post. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, what's the line between am I helping other people, inspiring, sharing that's their successes, you, that's or am I looking? Do. Yeah. No, you're not. Okay. Like, you don't look like one of those people who just like to be in the mirror. Like, you look like you're just inspirational and trying to help <laughs> other people. You. Like, you can do it too. Like, not like see me. Like, that's I don't. I didn't get that vibe off me. So, okay. Yeah. And it'll be like a completely unrelated picture. It's like in a bikini, like meditating right <laughs> like, yeah but, but i love it though because again you hold me accountable though okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah yeah well awesome yeah I, I will um i i'm excited to see that pull up thank it's you coming. thank it's you I'm, I'm working on it i will work on it it took me thank a long you. time too i think i looked fitter than 
maybe I looked like I could do a pull up and I couldn't for like I only did my first pull up maybe like two years ago. Nice, so, good for you. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, and I never thought I never thought I was gonna be able to get it, but mm-hmm. eventually, yeah, yeah, I started focusing on it. Yeah, and I did have a trainer a couple of years ago when I was um, going to the gym, and he had just recommended me. Um, because at first I used to just do cardio, but he said you have to you have to build muscle. It's so crucial. Yeah. Yeah. Also for women, bone density, we need that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. So cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. This thank is so much you. fun.